0: yo what's up camp believers and high performers welcome to another episode of the can't believe i made a podcast for today's episode we had one of my dear dear beautiful friends a past client of mine a tv personality a writer a, a twitter star and here, here's the thing about social media and this is kind of like as, as someone who does social media as a job i really respect people who organically grow their community and even if we're talking about Twitter any anything above 25k is a celebrity. So <laughs> Justin I think is at like 35. So today we welcome on Justin Spears. You know, a little bit of background on on our relationship, you know, him and his brother have been a huge part of of our lives and and we constantly joke in our family that they are they are subsequent Latinos because they've spent so much damn time with us and so they understand the culture And so to have him on really meant a lot. And in today's episode, we ran through some of the ways in which he's thriving and honing it back to like, what was that moment for you? And one of the things that I really enjoyed about Justin is that he talked about how there was a collision between his passion and his health. And he's going to talk a bit more about where that origin story started and, and really what pushes him to continue to show up in each and every way because it's it's a beautiful thing and as i sit back you know having coached him in his health journey for quite some time as i sit back and just see him thrive i can't not think about the ways in which he's been able to transform his health and the ways that he's been able to transform his mindset around engaging in his passions, and then honing it back to his habits and rituals. And so I felt like today's episode would be super special. And I know you're really, really going to enjoy it. And and there's also something here too. And I just want to let you all know as a pod family. So we were having some technical difficulties. So there was a a moment there like around minute 45-ish that uh, my internet cut out. You know, His sound was kind of wonky at times. So if you can push through some of those imperfections, you're really going to gain a lot from this. And you kind of know my thing by now, like I'm going to take messy action and I'm going to take imperfect action because imperfect action is going to be better than nothing. And if I would have let myself go into that all or nothing thinking, I would have scrapped this pod because of some of the technical difficulties. But that also would have meant that he wouldn't have gotten to tell his story and you wouldn't have gotten to resonate with a lot of his story and pushing you into greater feats for yourself. So imperfect action is always better than no action. And this is me living that through. So I hope you enjoy the pod. Jay, you're the man, bro. I love you. Let's get it, y'all. Yo, what up? You've heard how every superhero has their origin story, right? Well, welcome to the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda. I'm a high-performance mentor, registered dietitian, and family man. Tune in as we explore the high performance habits of high performers, their origin story, and how they went from disbelief to belief in their own hero's journey, where they got to a point and shouted, Can't believe I made it. Enjoy the episode. You know what's great about directing this show, Justin? What's that? Uh, I can change your name whenever I want. (laughs) So so throughout, uh, I'm actually going to put back what I erased. Justin, late as hell, Spears, welcome to the show. (laughs) Late as
1: hell, fashionably late. That's that's how we do it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe I made it. I can't believe I made it. (laughs) I'm late, but I can't believe I hey, made it. <laughs> can't believe I made it. <laughs>
0: we'll just end the pod with that joke. There we go. <laughs> uh, what's good, man? I'm so excited to have you on today. God damn it!
1: Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, I've been listening to these podcasts. Uh, I mean, you've been doing this for how many months now?
0: I mean, the rebrand. You're close to happened- a year. Yeah, I mean, the rebrand happened like more. More than a year ago, man. Yeah. Cause before that it was obviously the Men of Purpose podcast, which is kinda nice too, because I, I think that you and I have had conversations about this off air, but you're a huge reason why you and started a podcast too, man. You made it look so effing easy.
1: And then you realize, damn, it is kinda easy. This guy didn't do anything. <laughs> I could <Yeah>. do this. <laughs> <laughs> But it's I'm honestly I'm very humbled uh, that you, that you say that because I look at how you approach your podcast, how you approach this platform, and you do it in such a professional way. Um, it's it's really I admire the hell out of you, man. I admire the absolute shit out of you, and you're uh, you're killing it right now. And the people that you get on for the, for these podcasts, like you're getting authors, you're getting you know just amazing people. Um, yeah. And honestly, hearing their journey and, you know, hearing the struggle that they've had to go through to get to where they're at in life, it's honestly, man, it's, it's really inspiring. And I'm glad that you took a podcasting platform and just ran away with it.
0: Dude, that means a lot to hear you say. And it even means even more that you say that because my mom gets mad at me for all
1: of my F bombs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because you're. That you're her baby, man. She's always gonna, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell you not to cuss. Like I even every now and then I'll let a cuss word slip around my mom, and I just I still even as a 26 year old I feel guilty cussing around my own mother.
0: <laughs> you do?
1: I do. What, seriously?
0: What? what a, I've had a conversations with my mom about this plenty of times. I'm like, mom, you have to let me be me, and then she hits me with like the mom knowledge, and I'm like, God, damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: But see, my mom's not even, she doesn't even really say like, oh, don't cuss, like watch your language. Because like I said, I'll let a few cuss words slip just because, you know, it's a part of my everyday vocabulary, right? Everybody's, you know, everybody can talk like a sailor every now and then. Um, (laughs) But I'll let a cuss word slip and I almost feel guilty inside, but my mom doesn't say anything. But still, even though that she doesn't acknowledge it, me being a grown ass man, I still feel like, the 13 year old who accidentally said fuck in front of his parents instead, instead of fudge. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dude, one of the, one of the classic things that we used to do, my mom used to get so heated at it. I'm sure you've heard it before, but you, you start it with fuck, get about it.
1: No, <laughs> <Dull. laughs>
0: she used to get so heated at us too. Uh, it's like, mom, I'm saying forget about it. I don't know why you're so mad at me.
1: <laughs> or I would uh do something similar to that, but I pull out the old uh Austin Powers when when they were cussing, but it was really yeah. uh Japanese. So it was like yeah. please eat shit. Like, no, he's saying please eat shiitake mushrooms. So I, <laughs> when I was a kid, every time I would say, shit, taki mushrooms. <laughs> Oh my
0: God! It's the small intricacies, man. Well, Jay, I'm super excited to have you on, man. I think you're in a really beautiful place in your life, and you're really thriving. And 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 I already kind of introed a little bit this, but as as someone who's been a part of your process, and as a, a family member, if you will, yeah, man, it's it's beautiful to see. So let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Uh, you know, you're you're part of the pod family. So like I said, man, this is amazing to have you on. So uh, let's intro you, and then let's dive into this origin story, man.
1: So my name is Justin Spears. I'm a Tucson, Arizona native. I come from an amazing family. I have one older brother, Josh, who is who's, uh, who's the, the connection between Desi and I, and then it later transformed to, we don't need Josh. Like, Desi and I are brothers <laughs> w- without Josh. Screw him. Yeah. Um, But uh, I have an amazing older brother, a guy who I always considered a hero, a guy that I've always inspired to to be, a guy who I looked up to, Um, and then I have amazing parents. Uh, My beautiful mom, um, who's always held it down for me, has always been that supporting, loving mother, and then uh, my father, who passed away. A little over three years ago um, he's you know still to this day is always with me there isn't a day that goes by where I don't think about him and you know you don't want to talk about heroes you know my dad was my ultimate hero because yeah. I saw this man wake up at 3 30 every single morning and go and work 10 hours six days a week just to support his family and give the opportunities for my brother and I that he didn't have when he was growing up in inner city, Los Angeles. So, um, I have an amazing family, the, my, my foundation, um, I couldn't have asked for a better foundation. Um, the the person who I've become is because of those three people that I mentioned. And of course, you know, you have other family members like grandparents, aunts, uncles who have always, you know, had a great role in my life, but yeah, my foundation, it all starts with my three rocks, my, two parents and then of course my older brother Josh. Um and it's yeah. so cool to see my brother take everything that we've learned from our parents and apply it to yeah. his life. Now he has a wife and two amazing kids. Um so to see like yeah. the transformation of our lives from being kids to now adults, um it's really fantastic and I got a little bit of a different route than my brother right now. You know, he's got the the family route right now. I'm just the... Yeah. Um, an eligible bachelor, as Pharrell Williams said, and <laughs> hey. drop it like it's hot. Um, Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am a, a writer right now for the Arizona Daily Star. I cover both college football and college basketball. And I also host a radio show on ESPN Radio down here in Southern Arizona from three to six. So I'm on ESPN Radio. I get to write about the college team that I grew up following. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a surreal moment. Like if you told me that I'd be doing this 10 years ago, I'd say you're crazy, but I'd take it every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So, um, right now life is very solid. Um, currently I'm in this, this weight loss journey that Desi, that you've been a part of, uh, from day one. And uh, it all started with the, the death of my father and realizing you know, the reason why he was in this position was because he didn't really take care of his health. He didn't take care of his body. And honestly, like a little over three years ago, that's when he passed away and it's still been a part of my journey. And it's something that's always going to be with me. But right now I'm in a very good place because my mental health is in great shape. Um, yeah. my, my brain isn't cloudy. It isn't foggy. I have clear thinking there's no distractions in my life and i've i've gotten to a point where i'm just all about myself and my family and i'm taking time for me i've always been that guy that's worked my ass off and i still have a great work ethic but when i first became a professional journalist i would work crazy hours and not ever put me first or make myself a priority and desi that was one thing that you instilled in me just something that like you like kept you know putting in me like dude, your job yeah. is always going to be there, man you have to take care of you and you have to put yourself first above anything else and uh, when you do that, everything will take care of itself and you know I, I've been stubborn about it desi you've know me I'm hard-headed <laughs> I'm a stubborn guy. I could be a prick sometimes, but you know. If, I can't thank you enough for, you know, having a, a hand in my journey and me getting to this point right now. Yeah.
0: Dude, I mean, it, it's been absolutely my pleasure. And, and Jay, I'm going to talk at you so that you can fix this real quick. Uh, you might have to switch mics because I think we're getting a little bit of feedback. So see if you can do that, you know, plug it in a little bit more or switch it up to your headphones. But as you're doing that, I'm going to talk at okay. you real quick. Cool. You know, one of the one of the things that I thought was was really fantastic, Jay, and one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is... One, because we've shared uh, such a history together. And, and in looking at your health journey, I mean, you entrusted me uh, years back in, in getting you started. And I think one of the coolest things that I've seen about you is is looking at your journey of some of the ups and downs and understanding some of and, and this is like as a pod family, I want all of us to get behind this idea too. you know we we don't ever plan for really big hardship. Uh, we don't ever plan for moments of grief, but but gosh, man, it, it changes us and it changes us in a beautiful way. And I think Justin, one of the cool things that I saw with you throughout this process of knowing you at a, at a very young age is really seeing you develop a passion for sports and a passion for, for that type of, that type of collaboration and the importance of that. So like, before we we get into like the ways in which you're thriving today, Let's take a step back and kind of look at your life. You are obviously in this place where you get to, to do something that you love every day, which is sports, right? You get to you get to comment on it. You get to have a take and your Twitter following is is, is amazing and, and we'll tap Thank into you. that too. But I want to know, kind of stepping back, like when did sports for you in your life, when did it become like that thing?
1: Well, I hope the microphone issue has been settled. Um, I switched Good. up microphones, so, uh, hopefully the sound is, is much better this time around, but no, I got involved in sports or sports became a big part of my life ever since I can remember. Like I, I grew up loving the Lakers, right? Cause my family is from Southern California. My parents got married in 1987 at the height of showtime. So Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are, it's like staples in my household and so, we always loved the Lakers. So I and remember I, I was born in 1995. So my like first memory of watching basketball, of watching the NBA was Kobe and Shaq, and seeing those two guys and seeing you know them win championships. So like my my childhood was always loving the Lakers, being a diehard Lakers fan. Um, and then when I got really you know interested in football. I noticed that my brother and my dad were Rams fans. I'm like, but they're in St. Louis. And then I had to get yeah. the, the history. They were once upon a time in L.A., so yeah, we followed you know, them to St. Louis. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to like the next best team that I think is you know a solid team and it's from Southern California. That's the San Diego Chargers. And plus, when I was playing Madden, I would do a creative player and for some reason, the creative player always looked the best in the powder blue uniforms. And the, yeah. those powder blue Charger uniforms, I was like, ooh. They're nice. So so playing Madden and then you know, having family in San Diego, of course, with my uh, grandparents on my mom's side, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a Chargers fan. That's my football team. Yeah. And the baseball team, I was actually a D-backs fan until they changed their colors. I, w- I was the purple and teal Diamondbacks fans. You didn't I didn't like the black all- and red? <laughs> I don't. I wasn't a big fan of the the Sedona Red and Black, as they yeah, call it. Um, yeah. So I, I I switched to the Dodgers, and I was like, well, my dad loves the Dodgers, so it's an easy transition. Uh, but meanwhile, my brother is an Angels fan. He's a Rams fan. The one team that connected all of us was the Lakers. Um, and then I, since we moved to Tucson in 1997, which is a good year for Arizona basketball fans, um, I was a baby, and I just remember. You know, being around Tucson my entire life. I don't remember living in Southern California. So I'm a Tucsonan through and through. So being in Tucson, being in a college town, all you heard about was the Arizona Wildcats. The Arizona basketball team was it. So I fell in love with Arizona basketball. My brother was, still is, a USC fan. Um, Kind of an ASU fan. Like he He just does it despite the U of A because he grew up in Tucson. And he's a big hater. Um, He's a real big freaking hater, Josh. What? He, <laughs> yeah, big hater. um But you know, we—I grew up a, an Arizona fan, so I grew up loving the Wildcats, and that's why I say that being a writer at the Arizona Daily Star, covering the Arizona both men's basketball and uh, football team, like these are two teams that I grew up watching. So it's yeah. it's 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 a drink of true. It really is. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I get to talk about them on ESPN radio in Southern Arizona. Like it's, it's awesome. But I always grew up around sports. My brother and I, we played sports. Uh, football is the best game there ever is. And and football will teach you so much about life. Yeah. And I am, and I'm, I understand that parents get up, are concerned about, the what football can do to you, the long-term effects yeah. with CTE, with concussions, all of that is, is valid. And I actually asked my mom this. I'm like, if you were – knowing what you know now about concussions, CTE, what football can do to you, would you still allow me to play at eight years old? And she said, no, I would probably would have had you play maybe your eighth grade year, the year before high school, allowed you to get yeah. that one year of experience, and then you could play high school. Um, but, you know, I grew up playing – I. Played 10 years of tackle football, played basketball, but still football is the ultimate team sport that teaches you so much about life, teaches you so much about working with others and relying on other people to get the ultimate job done. Um, So I love football. Obviously, you and I have a connection. We both played at Cienega High School, played for Neymar Hasse. And then I got to a point in my life where I was a really good football player, but how many five foot eight offensive linemen do you see playing D one football? <laughs> so I was like, ah, I don't think I could play. I don't think I could play at the next level. Um, so I'll, let me figure out a way to still be around sports and be involved in it, but still do what I love. And that's, and that's talk about it. And I grew up watching sports center, watching ESPN, uh, listening to radio shows, you know, Mike and Mike in the morning was always, Same. you know, something that I listened to. Um, And then, you know, it transitioned into the Dan Levitard show. Um, I love Dan Levitard. And honestly, I kind of model my career after him. He was a guy who was writing at his local hometown newspaper, the Miami Herald, and became uh, a radio personality. That's kind of who I want to model. And one thing that I love about Dan Levitard is that he has fun what he does. Anytime you listen to the Dan Levitard show, they're always having the best time ever. It's fun, and that's what sports yeah. is about. It should be about having fun. Sure there are serious moments and you know, you've seen over the last few years politics kind of leaking into sports mm-hmm. a little bit, but at the end of the day yeah. sports should always be about fun and I want to have fun with my job and that's why I'm in sports. Yeah.
0: You know, I definitely agree about the Dan LaBarrard piece because not only does he have fun, but if any for any, for anyone out there who is ever thinking about running any sort of live show or a podcast, uh, there's a lot of pressure to try to be perfect with it. And I think after listening to him, I'm with a lot of my questions and things like that just based off of organic conversation. And then also noticing when there's like dead air and just like laughing about it because there is a lot of imperfection that comes with this, Jay. And and I know that you can really resonate with that because I think Dan does that in such a miraculous way of just trying to fill... (laughs) Fill time. Well,
1: there's like a, like the <laughs> one of my favorite like awkward moments. Every time there's dead air, they always play the Hakeem Nicks laugh. Yeah, <laughs> <where> it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing ever. Or they'll do uh, like when they were on ESPN. Like I think Stu Gotts is like the best like second guy ever. He's he's so damn yeah. funny. And God. I he, I know people are like, man, this guy's an idiot. I love Stu Gotts. He's the best. I love him, but. Too. They they do like Sports Center up updates and they'll read yeah. like police stories from from other <laughs> you know places and then Stu like my all time favorite Sports Center update is when he talks about somebody at a Target in North Carolina or Missouri like some random state they got arrested because they grabbed a six pack and drink it in the fitting rooms and they got a six pack of Stella Artois. <laughs> and, he mispronounces everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "What?" It's like, Is that, "That's how you pronounce it." It's like, "No, it's Stella no, Artois." It's He's like, you, "You tell, you give, you tell me, give me a Stella Artois. I'm gonna put you in the face." Um, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just call it yeah. a Stella. But yeah, I mean, they have fun, and, and sometimes it doesn't have to be about sports. It could just be a, a fun topic. And um, you know, one thing that they always told me not to do was really talk about politics. Yeah. And, and so the only time I ever talked about Donald Trump on my radio show was when the Clemson football team won the national championship. They then go to the White House, and the they're eating Wendy's yeah. and Burger yeah, King yeah. And, and, and Domino's. And we played the sound clip of Donald Trump where he's like, we have an amazing spread. We have pizzas. We have hamburgers. We have many, many French fries. And that's it. That's the only ever time we ever talked about Donald Trump. So... Man, it's uh, sports can be fun sometimes, and, and yeah. that's definitely what we try to have, what we try to do, uh, whenever we talk about it on the air.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's a it's a special thing to be able to go in and out of that and still keep the theme about like what the show is about, and and I feel Jay like that's something that I think you do extremely well. I'm wondering for you, kind of like looking back at, at your origin story behind sports. I mean, you mentioned a lot of your family. And how they play such a pivotal role for you in, in some of your success today and and in your continued success in the future. I want to touch on from a habit standpoint. Like you and I started working together like, I don't, was it like five years ago? I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was like yeah, five. It was about Roy, four years, like yeah, four or five years. Ago. Brand new. Yeah. yeah. So what what prompted you to start taking a look at your health, you know, in a different way? Because this does play into the role of your dad, which I, I know that we're going to talk about. So like, let's let's kind of tap into that because I think there's a lot of gems that we can glean from that aspect of your story.
1: Yeah, well, when I was playing football, I was in pretty solid shape because I worked out twice a day and I was yeah. constantly moving. So I was able to use those Seneca football gold cards that you're <laughs> supposed to sell at the beginning of the year and I go hit up the McDonald's or Rita ranch like, yeah, man, get a buy one, buy one, get one free Big Mac. You know, wolf down two Big Macs like two hours before practice and and everything would be, you know, all good. Uh, you can't do that when you're just a professional, when you're not playing football at a high level anymore. Like you can't yeah. put down two Big Macs and expect everything to be OK. And and I think, you know, it was it was it, it was a hard time adjusting to the on the go fast um, diets, if, if that's what you want to call it, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, on the go eating food that was just going to fill you up. You didn't have to cook it, but it was, you know, foods that were bad for you. And in my career, like you're, it, it encourages you to go to the drive through It encourages you to eat out a lot. And so what I did was when working with you, you said, navigate the menu figure out the foods that are are good for you and think about color you're right get your greens in Mm -hmm. uh your protein your fats and your carbs and so one thing that's really helped me out um you know over the last several months is yeah i've kind of maintained this going out eating out lifestyle but i've been able to find foods that work out for me like Man, I've eaten more Chipotle in the last several months than I could ever recall. But what I'm <laughs> yeah. getting at Chipotle is I'm not getting any rice whatsoever. I'm literally just like, give me chicken, veggies, lettuce, mm-hmm. corn, and pico de gallo. Put all that together. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a really solid meal. And then when yeah. you couple that with just getting some simple workouts in, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is actually kind of working. It's yeah, it, it and it, and it took me you know getting used to changing up my diet and that was like I told you at the beginning of this podcast, Desi, I'm a very stubborn guy. I'm I'm the kind of person that's like, okay, maybe if I keep this going, but if I tweak this, maybe if I up my workouts a little bit, get more activity in, then th- I'm going to see the results. But at the end of the day, man, it all comes down to diet, and I don't know why it took me so many years to realize that it's like, it's essentially 80% diet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, then when I, I and then you, also, Jay. and also when I'm out on the road too, like I was just traveling for March badness and, yeah, and I was like, okay, I need to really dedicate myself to eating right, eating the right foods that I know are good for me. And I always told myself like, oh, there's never really any good foods available. When I was at the tournament, man, they were like throwing fruit at you. They were throwing out yeah. salads and like all this like really good food. I'm like, this is it, man. I, I I can navigate myself. These are the foods that I know are right for me. And even during yeah. my travels, I was still able to, to to eat right. I worked out in Las Vegas for the first time ever. I was at the Pac Twelve tournament. Who the hell works out in Las Vegas? Nobody ever works out in Las Not Vegas. Not many people. <laughs> yeah. But I but my big ass found a way to get a workout in, in Las Vegas. And it's just like challenging yourself. And getting yourself out of your comfort zone, that's something that I've had to figure out over the last few years.
0: I think it's also, Jay, a really special place to be when you kind of know what works for you. And and I think what is even more beneficial here is kind of looking at the role of your loved ones and where they're at in their journeys. So I, I would love to touch on, on your father, um, Yeah, that that loving man kind of looking back, like what role did he play in in how you navigate your habits and your health today?
1: Well, he was a guy that didn't really take care of himself. And my brother and I, I mean, we could see it from even as little kids, we were like, that that's not right. Like we would see him get a home cooked meal, right? We'd be sitting around eating dinner, he would maybe eat like half of it. And then would say like, oh, like I'm, I'm full or like, I'm not hungry anymore. And then like five minutes later we see him in the kitchen putting down a ding dong or like a, or like a, a Twinkie or like one of like those cinnamon, uh, cinnamon rolls that you get yeah. in the, those hostess boxes. Um, yeah. so like we are like, well, I thought you were full. So, but you could put down two of these little cinnamon things. Like it just, it yeah. didn't make sense. And as a kid I could see like that, that's not right. Uh, and so, you know, my mom was just like, well, I'm, I'm not going to babysit him. Like, I'm going to allow him to just do what he wants to do. If that's how he wants to live, if that's how he wants his diet, then, then so be it. I'm not going to force him to eat these things. So, you know, seeing that, I knew, okay, that wasn't, that's not something that I should do. Um, and so that kind of was an example of, of what not to do. Unfortunately, um, it didn't I didn't apply that mindset until mo- just recently because I was always that guy that worked my ass off that that works super hard and I'm like, well, I'm just going to eat whatever I can find in the fast food in the, in the drive-through lane. I'm going to yeah. you know I have the biggest sweet tooth ever so I'm going to you know satisfy that And I'm just like this is this is something that, is going to help me because i'm so stressed out with work and i was essentially eating like shit because it made me feel better mentally even though i was physically becoming really out of shape obese i wasn't you know uh you know myself i wasn't athletic anymore i became just really really out of shape and it was because i was working like i said i was working so damn hard and so these kind of foods were my comfort food. And so yeah. I would eat it and and I would feel okay with myself. But then it just piled up over time and it got to the point where I was also bogged down mentally and physically I wasn't in the best shape possible. So I was I was essentially rock bottom there for a little bit yeah. um you know shortly after my father's death. Um and even when he was you know kind of on his deathbed if that's what you want to call it he still wasn't able to, like, want to take care of himself. And, like, there's, like, one one example, and I don't think uh, my brother and I have, have, like, really talked about this. So my dad loved salty foods. He loved just salty stuff. Anything he could find that was salty, he just enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And when you're going through uh, fatty liver disease, right, non-alcoholic liver disease, having – An excessive amount of salt is not good for you, and so what my dad would do was he would actually like give me some money, and he would say, "Hey, I want you to go down to the Rita Ranch Market, and I want you to get me some saladitos." And I felt like that episode. I I felt like that episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air when Uncle Phil was trying to lose some weight and Will was like trying to stay on Uncle Phil's good side. and He's like, okay, well, I'm trying to go to Mexico or go to this concert or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll, get, yeah. I'll get you this cheeseburger. Um, and it felt <laughs> yeah. like that episode. And what happened? Uncle Phil got a heart attack. And so yeah. when I would give my dad these soliditos, he would eat them, and all that salt that's in those, I mean, my dad would blow up like a football. And how mm-hmm. do you think I felt? I'm like, shit, I am contributing to my father's downfall and my brother actually had to like kind of get in me a little bit. And it's like, "No, don't listen to him." My mom the same deal it was like, "Don't listen to your dad." Um he he's not trying to help himself. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing all of that, Desi, it was like I don't want to be in a position where I'm just like, "You know what? F it." Like, yeah. It, it it is what it is. I'm I'm 26 years old. I can't have an is what it is mindset. I got to be in charge of my life right now. I got to take the reins on this shit and steer it while I can before it's too late. And so that's why I've made the changes that I've made over the last year or two.
0: You know what's been really cool, Jay? Because I think conventionally when most people kind of come into this journey, it's it's always about the weight loss. And I think one of the cool things, us working together and having to rebrand that concept of, hey – weight loss doesn't necessarily mean health in this case. What we want to try to do is to help you to start embodying someone who takes better care of themselves with their habits. And it's been really cool. And I wonder if you've kind of seen this because I'm seeing your career continued to thrive. And I'm also seeing your health journey start to, start to be synonymous with that. Yeah. And, and I, and from someone who has kind of helped you at the ground level, now that you're thriving, I'm wondering for you, like if we if we tap into your habits right now, you talked about like the foods that you're that you're navigating. You've talked about some other things. What habits or rituals right now as you're as you're continuing to thrive in your career? Can can you not live without?
1: Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I'm always going to have a dog. So my, my yeah. current dog, Barkley, he, he's loving life right now because I wake up every single morning. And we go for a twenty-five to thirty-minute walk, just around the neighborhood, yeah. and it's uh, we do it early morning, and it's great because the birds are chirping, the sun's coming up, and the weather's beautiful. Now it's not super cold anymore in Arizona, so
0: yeah,
1: it's just uh, it's a good way to just start your day. So I mean, walking my dog, taking that time every morning—that's something um, that I can't live without. And I would say playing golf has really changed my life. Um, and honestly it's changed how I've worked out because when I, when I was working out as a football player, you know, being in the weight room, I would always try to work on bulking up and being that, that strong football player. I've, I've studied different golf workouts and I've talked to like golfers, like people who actually played golf in college. And I asked them like, what, what kind of workouts do you guys do? And, uh, they showed me. And so now when I go and work out, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to train like an athlete again, but I'm trying to train yeah. like a golfer. And it's, it's crazy, yeah. like, how different the workouts are. It's more core. It's more hips, more lower back, um, shoulders, yeah. all that. It's completely different than, than when you were training for football. So, I mean, that's really helped me out. And I actually took some time away from playing golf. Uh, just because college basketball season got too crazy. And so I, but I was still working out like the golfer doing the, you know, going to the, the, the tree and grabbing like the, the the tricep handles and doing like oblique workouts and, you know, working on the, 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 the core rotation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then just the other day I went to the driving range and I'm like, holy shit, like the things that I'm working on, I can actually like notice a difference in my swing. Um, so playing golf, walking my dog, Um, I mean, there's always, uh, you know, time where I I sit down and read, whether it's, um, news articles, uh, you know, I'm trying to, uh, read more, uh, sports stories. Um, you know, I just finished up three ring circus by Jeff Perlman. Uh, it's the, uh, the story about, you know, the Kobe and Shaq era. Jeff Perlman is actually the author of the, the, the book that winning time on HBO was based off of yeah um so jeff i still haven't, seen, a, any, I see, I still haven't seen any of the show i need to it's it's great man you gotta you gotta watch it but yeah um, i still i still need to but yeah i mean i just i just do you know certain rituals i mean and, and it doesn't have to be every single day right right i'm not reading a book every single day but you know when i can i take a few minutes just to check out and yeah. not worry about all the the chaos that's happening in my life yeah Dude, you know what's you know what's really fantastic, Jay, and like you can
0: see when someone is really enjoying themselves and the type of work that they do, and I see that a lot with you, and obviously it's gotten to a point where it's been an evolution. And I'm wondering, Jay, for you as you think about where you're at in your career and as you continue to thrive, what helps you to continue just to show up every day, in in the, with the same energy that you do in in the
1: in your endeavors like what what helps you to do that uh, the people that are kind of counting on me uh the people who have belief in me uh, it's it really went from my future family to the people that are currently in my life right now like me showing up every single day it, it initially went from i want to be the the provider for my family because i eventually want to have a wife and kids But then, you know, over time I've heard from people in my life, like friends, family members that, that always say like, just, you're so damn good at what you do and you're very passionate about it too. So like you're hungry and you're talented. Like that's, that's a really good combination to have. And I think about all the people who have belief in me right now and it's like, I don't want to let them down. Um, You know, it's it's kind of like you know one of my favorite parts of the Last Dance documentary, and it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it, bro. It's when I've watched that like twenty times already. <laughs> twenty times. It's it's, it's the part yeah. where I think they lose in the playoffs, and then um, his trainer calls him and says like, "All right, so like, what do you want to do?" Yeah. And he's like, I'll, "I'll see you tomorrow morning," you and he tomorrow. said because yeah. because if you are if you are going to take three hours out of your day to watch me play basketball, I owe it to myself and I owe it to that person to give you my best all the time, to give you my best all the time. And like, I I still, whenever I hear that part, I get goosebumps and I, I can relate to it because those people that show up for me every single day Right? I, I mean, I want to get a larger following. you right. I want to be the best at what I do. But the people who have been rocking with me since day one, the people who show up for me, I owe it to them to be the best version of myself and to show up every single day and work my ass off and get to where I need to be because um, I owe it to them. Jay, who are those people in your life? Joshua Spears, Valerie Spears. My late father Gerald Spears, my grandfather Edward Spears, my uncle Edward Spears, uh, my sister in law Charity Spears, my my niece Harbor, my nephew River, my friends, my a- a- anybody who's just been a part of my life, my journey, you included, Desi Abeta, the entire Abeta clan, you guys are all a part of this, and I owe it to yeah. you guys because. You've always believed in me from the time I was a kid growing up in Rita Ranch, always wanting to play basketball with my older brother's friends, but I couldn't because I was too young, to yeah. being in high school, to then being in college. You guys saw my my passion and my ambition when I was in college to now being a professional. You guys have always been there with me. And for that, I owe everything to you guys. And if that means... Showing up every single day, grinding my ass off, while also taking care of me because I can't be the best version of myself if I don't put me first. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I, I owe it to you guys. Man, that that's special, I, dude. That that same that same
0: line in in the Last Dance got me too, uh, because I've heard variations of that uh, coming from Kobe Bryant as well. And I think one of the things that I that I heard from Kobe that I thought was super special as well was, um, in regards to your work ethic is having a sense of respect for the people that came before you. Yeah. Respecting the people that got you to where you are today and, and honoring them and not only your work ethic, but how you produce. And, and Jay, I love that too. And I'm wondering you and I have worked on, worked with athletes on opposite sides, right? You're in the media. I'm more on the medical side and with performance, I don't know about you. I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, but I think it's special. I have learned so damn much about the mindset of an athlete having worked with them that yeah. I've developed for myself and I develop in any fucking thing that I do with, with who I'm working with, whatever. What have been some of the biggest gems for you? Because you've you've worked with professional athletes. right? You've talked with them. Yeah. You've been around... I mean, you just got to go on a badass trip, which we have to talk about um, with any of the tournament, right? So, like, what what have been some of the biggest gems that you've learned from some of the highest producing athletes
1: that 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 we see? Man, I'm just like you said when I was traveling for March Madness, I actually had an opportunity to really learn about Benedict Matherin in his background. Uh, he's yeah. a guard that plays for Arizona. He's going to be a lottery pick in this upcoming year's draft. Let's he's go. one of the top players in college basketball this year. Um, ben, he comes from a very humbling background in Montreal. And when you think of Canada, like you think of Maple Leafs, you think of Drake, yeah. you think of the yeah. Toronto Raptors. Like you don't, you don't really – like when you think you of Canada, you, you don't really, really think have, yeah. of rough lifestyle. You think of Can- Canadians are the nicest people ever. That's why they always say sorry after everything. Um, yeah. uh, but he comes from a very rough background in Montreal uh, where not a lot of people make it uh, where he comes from. And to see him go from this kind of no-name player that was discovered just because he got an invitation to the like NBA Without Borders camp where they get a lot of like international just kind of dime into the rough type of players and put them in this camp and he didn't really have many college offers Arizona gave him a chance he comes out to Arizona plays for the Wildcats last year it generated a little bit of buzz but then this year launched himself into lottery status um like that like that's just amazing you know the fact that he yeah. went from being in a in a impoverished community in Montreal, to now pretty much a guy that's going to affect his entire family, like generations, like he's going to be making yeah. four to five million dollars next season. Just by the, by just next season alone, he's going to have four to five million dollars in his pocket. That kind of stuff right there is just it's absolutely amazing. And you know to also yeah. see, you know, other athletes, um, you know, overcome injuries. And, and get back and, and be themselves. It's it's really it's it's been really a, a treat to watch. And you know, seeing a guy like DeAndre Ayton come in as this, you know, f- raw freshman to then this yeah. Herculean figure in college basketball to then being the number one overall pick of the draft. It's been it's been really a great journey. But you know, there's one story and people always ask me like what is your all time yeah, yeah. like favorite I story? It has something to do with a tragic event. And this was actually one of like my first big stories at the Arizona Daily Star. I was covering a high school football game, and it was Ironwood Ridge versus somebody else. And one of the Ironwood Ridge coaches, they came over to me and said, if you're looking for a story, you need to go talk to that guy. Because that guy, his mother... Was actually at that concert in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, and this was the the, con- yeah. the country concert at Mandalay Bay that had the mass shooting. Yeah. She yeah. was one of the victims, and I'm like, "Well, is is she like, is she alive? Is she good?" And he said, "Yeah, I mean, she's back in Tucson. She's recovering, but like, it was obviously a scary moment for her, and she's you know somebody who was at that concert. So you should probably go talk to her." And so I go over to the, the young man. His name is Noah. And Noah, you know, gives me his contact information. We set up an interview. Next thing you know, I go to their house a couple of days later. I'm sitting on their, their living room couch and we're talking about what happened. And she was saying that when she got hit, she she eventually couldn't move. And her husband, I, I guess, like couldn't pick her up or couldn't do something. There was something that was like wrong with him. And she was like bleeding out. She got hit kind of like in her hip, like butt cheek area. But she was yeah. bleeding out, and she like re- really thought that she was going to die and that she was going to bleed out. And she told her husband, like, I can't go anymore. I, I can't move. Like, I fiz- I just can't do it. Like, you should go. And the next thing you know, this big muscular, what she called the blue-eyed cowboy, comes over, scoops her up, and takes her to a medical tent, and medical professionals professionals gave her aid they eventually uh, took her to a hospital she recovered but like hearing her talk about like being shot be like really thinking that oh my god this is it this is where i'm gonna die i mean she broke down in tears and she said like the one thing that kept her moving the one thing that kept her alive was to be in the stands on a friday night to support her son playing football that had me in tears and still to this sure. day is the only interview I've ever done where I was actually in tears, like sitting on this woman's couch. And yeah. so like hearing that story and then like when she uh, came back, um, she got a standing ovation. Like she was walking in into the stands with her cane. Everybody, you know, gave her a standing ovation. It was like, it was a really beautiful moment. And the fact yeah. that, you know, just a couple of weeks prior to that, she was, you know, on her deathbed, you know, after getting shot in this horrible mass shooting, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and that's why uh, anytime anybody asks like, what's your all time favorite story that right there, uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah.
0: man. as you're kind of looking at your life now, Jay, like, are there moments that you would have wanted your dad to see and you thrive in your career right now?
1: Well I think that, that last part got cut off. What'd you say, Des?
0: So are there moments in your career over the past three years that you wish that your dad would have been present for?
1: Why is it keep cutting out okay, what was that last part, Deszy?
0: Are there moments?
1: All right, we're in good your, now.
0: Okay. Are there moments in your career that you wish your dad was present for?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, all the time. Like, I just think about the NCAA tournament. I think about you know all the the times where my dad and I would watch an Arizona basketball game together. Uh, you know, he took me to my first Arizona basketball game. Uh, yeah. They were playing Fresno State, and like I remember the moment where my dad said like you're going to go here. Like I'm going to I'm going to I don't care what it what it takes, you're going to go to the University of Arizona. And so that was always the plan. So you know my dad taking me to my first U of A basketball game. He took me to my first U of A football game, which was the the game where Arizona just beat the breaks off UCLA. It's like 52 to yeah. 14. They had like Maurice Jones Drew then, but um you know every single time I go to an Arizona basketball game or an Arizona football game, um, you know, I always think about, you know, what, what my dad would think. And yeah. I remember getting my dad and my mom tickets to, um, an Arizona basketball game during the 2017, 18 season, because my dad heard all this talk about DeAndre Ayton and this, this yeah. superstar freshman and how he, how he wants to go see DeAndre Ayton so bad. So I finally got my, my parents tickets, to go see Arizona basketball, so my dad can go see this guy up close. And unfortunately, um, just days before the game, my dad got into a really bad motorcycle accident, and yeah. obviously they couldn't go, and he could, he could never see DeAndre Ayton play in person. Um, I mean, there's there's just all sorts of moments that I just, I wish my dad was around so I could tell him, um, whether it's you know going to the NCAA tournament or playing a round of golf at Torrey Pines in San Diego where they've had the U S open, they've had several golf tournaments, you know, and there's just a lot of cool things that I've done over the last few years, um, that I wish my dad could see. But, you know, I think the one thing that I really wish my dad could see was, is my, my health journey and seeing, you know, me transform my body to being this super overweight guy to, You know being a guy that's thick with two c's yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) because i know my my dad would see the what i'm trying to do to better my life and i i just know my dad would just be proud of what i got going on and you know going back to the last dance um the one part that i also really connected with was when steve kerr was talking about losing his father and yeah. how before every national anthem, he just thinks to himself, like, damn, my, my dad would think this is the coolest thing ever. My dad would yeah. love this right now. I have yeah. that moment so many times in my career, in my life. Um, yeah. But I just know yeah. that, you know, he's always going to be with me and he's looking down and he's my guardian angel. And so even though I want him physically here, he's still experiencing the moment. Yeah. I
0: think it's so special, man. And and Jay, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time today because there's a lot of things, you know, for our, our, our pod family right now, there's a lot of things that Justin mentioned that I think are, are so important. And I think one is understanding the role of your health and how connected it is to your passions. And the, the fact, Jay, that you've been able to combine those two and be able to talk about it very vulnerable, I think is so special. And I think another thing that I heard too, is that there's an aspect of play right now in your life and referencing golf and how that's challenging you and it's helping you to think about your health in a different way because that's that's what you're doing when you're going out there is you're playing. And I think that for most people, they really lose out on the opportunity of playing because of of standards that you set for yourself or, or expectations that might not be coming yeah. from, from a healthy place. And I think that's such a special thing. And I think the other thing that I heard, Jay, was... Um, you have moments throughout your career now that like, damn, my dad would have loved this. And, and I love that, that homage, if you will, that, you know, although he is not here, he, he is here. And man, yeah. I just want to, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time. Uh, all right. So you kind of know, cause you're, you're, you're a pod family. I have a couple questions that I do like to ask any of our, our guests on the pod. So first one, Jay, this is the can't believe I made it pod. Right. So what does making it look like for you in your season of life? And have you made it?
1: I have not made it. Um, I think um, making it for me is when I can look back and say, I've done everything I could have possibly done in life, in my career, with my family, with my health. And that's still ongoing. I have not even i've not reached the the top of the mountain um this this beautiful game of life it's almost like it's almost like golf you know no matter how good you think you are or how no matter how good you have it there's always room for improvement there's always you know you can always shoot better the next round and so i continue to have that mindset i continue to have that hunger uh with my life but then you know one thing about golf is that man you hit those shots that keep you coming back right yeah. you're gonna have some bad shots but you hit those really good shots that's like yep that's it right now like my latest instagram post i yeah you know smoked a drive and i was like and you know what this wasn't even for the camera like this was like me being my genuine self i smoked yeah. it and i was like look at that shit. Fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i know I'm not nearly to where I want to be as a golfer. And I kind of approach life the same way. I'm loving this right now. I'm enjoying the journey. But in order to get to the destination that you want to get to, you have to enjoy every single moment of the journey. And have I made it? No. But if you were to ask me, are you confident in thinking that you are going to make it? I'm going to say, hell, absolutely yes. I know I'm going to make it. Um, I love that, but it's still ongoing, man. Yeah, I would second that. I love that.
0: Um, okay, second question. Obviously, this is a pod about the hero's journey. So, who is your su- superhero comparison, or who is your hero? You can answer it either way or both if you want.
1: So, um, I wouldn't say I have a, a superhero comparison, but since we're you know already talking about athletes and sports Um, I would say the the one athlete who's had the biggest influence on my life is Kobe Bryant and we talk about work ethic with Michael Jordan well Kobe Bryant emulates everything about Michael Jordan and I remember a, a point in time where I was just really hungry for any sort of motivation when I was facing academic probation at the U of A like my oh, yeah. GPA plummeted. I was just not focused. I didn't really have anything going for me when I was at at the, the U of A, and so I needed something to kind of get me out of rock bottom. So, I started looking up a bunch of motivational quotes from Kobe Bryant, and you know, hearing how he approaches life and his craft in, in basketball, and how I and. I use what Kobe said about how he approaches basketball and I'm going to approach my career in sports journalism the same way. And the one quote that always stuck with me was that friends come and go, but banners hang forever. (laughs) So like you you can, you can, you can not like me, but listen, we, we got a job to do. And so you can, you know, be my friend or whatever, but we got to win a championship. And I and I at that point in my life, I had so many friends who were like still trying to figure out what they wanted to do. Oh, should I go to school? Should I just work? Should I join the military? Like we we're all you know, fresh out of high school. So a lot of people didn't know what they wanted to do. And that's when I kind of channeled my inner Kobe and said, OK, you have a lot of people that are like kind of, you know, reach in and some could drag you down. Some could you know, steer you down a completely different direction. This is what you want to do. So stick yeah. to it, stay committed to it. You made a deal to yourself, that's it. And so when I finally graduated, I, you know, I had a, you know, an option to decorate my cap. So I put a red Kobe logo right in the middle of it with the caption friends come and go but diplomas hang forever. Hey. And so I I committed myself 4 years to this plan. I got my degree and it's it gave me a pretty good um Launching pad for my career today, and so Kobe Bryant will always be my my source of motivation, and still to this day is the only athlete celebrity that I bawled when I found out that they passed. Um, you know, it's just like I same. I sometimes I sometimes I watch Kobe videos, um, and you can't help but get misty eyed. Like I can't watch Dear Basketball, um, the one that the short yeah. film that got him an Emmy and an Oscar. I can't watch that without crying um, yeah. because you could hear in his voice, how passionate he was about basketball and how much it broke him knowing that he had to step away from it, but he was always going to be involved in basketball in some subway. I feel that to my core. And so Kobe being Bryant, man, um, my brother and I, we bonded over our passion for Kobe, uh, Kobe, when he was alive and Kobe still to this day is a big source of inspiration. So Kobe Bryant, definitely my all time hero.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Same thing. I I watch a lot of his uh, footage and interviews and he continues to be an inspiration for me. And you know, the fact that he, he coined the whole girl dad movement, I thought it was, was awesome as well. So I love that man. Uh, All right, Jay, last question for you and we'll get you out of here, man. Thank you so much. Like I said, uh, where can people find you? What sort of projects do you have going on that we can support you with? You know, any, any of that information that you can provide
1: for us. Desi, I appreciate the shameless plug here. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Justin Esports. That's kind of like my forte. Um, Twitter is, is my go-to for social media, uh, with what I do. So if you're on Twitter, follow me at Justin Esports. Uh, I also, if you're in the Southern Arizona area, if you're driving around from 3 to 6, turn it on uh, 104.9 yeah. FM or 1490 AM, ESPNTucson.com. I'm on ESPN Radio for three hours a day, and it's uh, pretty awesome. And then if you want to find out all of my written work, uh, you can just go to Tucson.com.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Jay, I appreciate you for our pot family out there. Make sure you go follow this man. Uh, he gives such a beautiful take on sports and it's it's unblemished and, and man I'm excited to see as you continue to thrive dude so I love you as a brother thank you so much for taking some time man I appreciate you love you Desi anytime for you What's up, high performers? High performance mentor and dietitian Desi here. Before I let you go, I just want to speak to your heart real quick. If there's something inside of one of these stories or inside of one of these episodes that is really resonating with you, it's because I'm speaking to the high performer in you. So, there's two things that I want you to do before you get done here. One, if you're looking to surround yourself with other high performers and you're looking to get more of a cue with how to become the high performer that you need to become, I want you to join our Facebook. It's called the High Performers Club. I'll make sure that we have have that in the show notes of each and every episode. All you got to do is click on the link, answer a couple questions and you're in and you get full access to a wide variety of free videos, free content for you, free ways for you to, to step up and become the high performer that you need to become. On the other end, we also know that information is readily available. It's the application that people need to invest in, in order to get to that point where they have sustainable change towards their habits and towards their high performing selves. And so if you're looking in ways to work with me, please click on the link, fill out a couple questions and see what kind of spots are available in the moment. I would love to work with you if you are someone who is looking to become the high performer that you need to become, because it's what I do. Love y'all. Thanks for listening.